You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. This is Reception Perception, the show. James Cole and Matt Harmon. This seems like so hot takey, but if I'm if I'm Lamar, and clearly he's okay with like taking a taking the big risk on himself, betting on himself, whatever, being you know, kind of playing fast and loose with the contract situation, I would I would definitely try to hold Baltimore over the barrel a little bit. There's only so much that you can do, right? Because they have the franchise tag and they control your rights and all that type of stuff. But right. I would definitely be like, look, I'm not showing up until you show some kind of commitment to to making to building a different offense around me. I don't know if I, I don't know how, what Lamar thinks about the fact that they run out the goofiest wide receiver room in the <laughs> NFL um, or, you know, their, the, the design yeah. of their passing offense is so stale and the whole Greg Roman thing. I'm not trying to sit here and be like, we got to get Greg Roman fired. And then all their problems are solved. I think, I think Lamar certainly is not blameless and in, in the dysfunction of the Ravens offense at times or the, or the inefficiency of the Ravens passing offense at times. But I'm just saying if I'm Lamar and you're to your point, look at what this offense looks like without him. I mean, it wasn't that great with him. And now it's like XFL caliber without him. I would at least think about in the off season, trying to really swing it around and be like, Hey buddy, I'm, uh, you know, John Harbaugh, Eric DaCosta, Steve Bishotti. I'm not taking one snap in practice. I'm not showing up one day before week one. I will go, I'll, he'll, I'll go full Aaron Rodgers, you know, um, <laughs> unless you show a commitment to building a real modern NFL offense. Their stuff is, is, was great to it's just like with Greg Roman with Colin Kaepernick, right? Like yep. it was great to get him off the ground. And I think Kaepernick stalled out as a player. It's a whole nother thing we can relitigate, but like, I think Kaepernick stalled as a player. I don't think Lamar stalled out as a player, but this offense is, absolutely stalled out and which it always does with Greg Roman. Well, I think, I think the Greg Roman offense is really good. If you actually have a, a roster that's constructed like this, that's bereft of a lot of playmakers. Actually, I think he does a great job getting the most out of an, a, a below average offense and making them more league average. But if you want to take that next step to your point, can they then elevate their games? And it's like, yeah, I don't think <laughs> I don't think Greg Roman's that dude. You know, I don't think Greg Roman's ever going to have an offense that's scoring, you know, 28, 29, 30 points a game. I just don't I just don't see it. Um, yeah. And, but I think he has done a good job, you know, kind of guys outperforming their talent level. Um, you know, on 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 the our direct TV show that I do. I was, I was bringing this up that like Baltimore needs to go in 
And I thought they failed this offseason because they didn't get enough pass catchers. And, and you know, the counter argument to that from my co-hosts were, well, I mean, can you really blame Baltimore because they drafted Marquise Brown and then they drafted, uh, they spent a high draft pick on Rashad Bateman. Isn't that enough? And I'm like, no, it's not. Because you can have marquee guys. You can have the Hollywood Browns and the Rashad Batemans, but that's not what an offense that's not what a good offense looks like. Yeah. A good offense features has a feature uh, wide receiver and then good complementary pieces as mm. well. And those are the guys that you find in the third, fourth, fifth round, veterans that you bring in, complementary pieces that you can kind of sort of, you know, just you throw it all in there. And then when you mix it all up and then, you know, you have Lamar as the as the the, the straw that stirs the drink, that's when you get a good offense. You can't just be a, a one-off pick in the first round. Like, that's not what a good offense makes. You know what I mean? No, I think you're right about that. And, you know, to your point, like, I think this is perfectly representative. I, I have said all along that Rashad Bateman was a huge difference maker, and they were counting on him to not just stay healthy, which he didn't do, but also to take, like, to take the next step and be a legit alpha receiver, which I think he's capable of. I think he was showing signs of that in the first three weeks. But still, you go back to weeks one through three in the season, um, Demarcus Robinson's running around on 44% of the dropbacks. You know, this is not like Demarcus Robinson has popped up lately after the Rashad Bateman injury. Demarcus yeah. Robinson was a guy that they took off the street when the Raiders cut him. You know, yes. I mean, Devin Duvernay is run around on 56 or 50, 58% of the dropbacks in the first three weeks of the season. Devin Duvernay is like clearly a specialty player. So, so to your point, like they have two top guys there in Andrews and Bateman, but you know, Bateman still, as much as I like him, is an, was an unproven player. Like We didn't know where his ceiling or floor was as a clear-cut wide receiver one coming to the season. Again, I agree with the Ravens. I also would have bet on the talent, but let's say he got hurt. Like, he did get hurt, and now yeah. look at what we're dealing with here, you know? So, yeah, right. your point is extremely well taken that it's – but I, I do think there's something to – not necessarily Lamar. Like, I think guys would probably want to play with Lamar, but – do they really want to like veteran receivers? Do they really want to go like, and not veterans like Demarcus Robinson who are like, shoot, I got cut in the offseason. I got signed. I mean, <laughs> who, who wants me? Uh, but like guys that aren't on the fringes of their career, guys who are trying to, you know, make money, make second, you know, second contracts, third contracts, whatever. Do they want to go to Baltimore where they're so conservative and so run heavy that you're probably never going to put up big numbers? I think that's a question too. I think I think that's a, a great point that you're making. And I think when you look at Jalen Hurts now, right, where you're like, okay, this this guy clearly developed as a passer, uh, but obviously was known mostly as a primarily a running quarterback. They were running a run heavy system there in Philadelphia, but then they opened it up, right? And now guys like Devontae Smith, AJ Brown, they're they're collecting hundred yard games on the regular. You know what I mean? So yeah, um, you're right. They can alter this a bit. Um, and still have the legs of Lamar Jackson be a weapon for them, but not that's not the focal point of their offense. I, and I think that's a really good point um, uh, that you're making there, that it's Baltimore needs to make a schematic thing with change. Josh Allen. It's the same thing with Josh Allen and Buffalo, where mm -hmm. players aren't as dumb as fans uh, can be sometimes, where it's like, I mean, again, I, I – Go pull up the tweets, you know, AJ Brown at draft night. Like I'm getting all excited, but it's like all the replies are too bad. His quarterback's a running back too bad. He doesn't have a quarterback too bad. His quarterback can't throw. 
And obviously now we're talking about Jalen Hurts, what a massive loss this is. He's an MVP candidate. Um, right. You know, just that's Bo, that's Bozo stuff. Same thing with like when I talked to Steph Diggs this offseason, he's like, I remember the things that they were saying to me about Josh Allen, you know, and like how much I was going to hate playing with Josh Allen because he's so inaccurate, all that. And like they're the best quarterback wide receiver duo in the NFL by a lot right now. Yeah. Um, right. So their players have more of an imagination about that stuff and, and, and the way that these guys like, yeah, I'm sure AJ Brown looks at Jalen Hurts and he's like, yeah, I can get in there and I can, I'll show everybody how good he is. Cause I'm not Jalen Rager, by the way, Jalen Rager, bro. <laughs> How about that on, how about that against the Colts? How about that? That was tough. Um, Jaylen, like, I'm not Jalen Rager on the other end of those passes. I'm going to make, I'm going to make Jalen hurts look good. I'm sure there's plenty of veteran receivers that would be like, yeah, I know oh, Lamar's a gamer. Like Lamar's a baller. I, I would love to play with him. Uh, they don't, let me tell you what, there's not a bunch of wide receivers out there being like, Oh, pretty good for a running back or whatever. Um, I think there's a lot, there would be a lot of excitement about that, but I think they see the the offense and that might be, that might be a limiting factor because um, unlike with what the Eagles did with Jalen Hurts last year, this is not a coaching staff in Philadelphia, Nick Sirianni, Shane Steichen, that had for years put – this is Greg Roman's third stop as an offensive coordinator. Like, people, we know what the Greg Roman offense is. So, right. I don't know. Just a, just a thought that, like, I, I feel like the Ravens are at this point – if I was if I was a better podcaster, I would have said this at the top when we were talking about this and not completely derailed us. But um, – <laughs> <laughs> I, I do think uh, I, I just think it's like, can the Ravens really just go into next year, like franchise Lamar and be like, Hey, we're running all back next year. Same type of stuff. Let's just hope everybody stays healthy. I feel like that's like the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over and yeah. over again since 2018 and expecting different results. No, you're right. Um, I think you're hundred percent right. I, and even if they bring in another voice, um, like a passing game coordinator or something, you know, to kind of just mix it up a little bit, maybe challenge Greg Roman, um, in that coaching room. And, it, and if that's too disruptive, then just move on from Greg Roman. I mean, come on, dude, like you guys have had, you, you've, you've given this guy enough years to make it work. And obviously it is not working. Um, by the way, Tyree kill is another guy, uh, where, he he has that mentality of like, nah, I'm yeah. going to go in and make my quarterback better. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. How about all the things he said, the saucy to the point where I, know. I was like, Tyreek, maybe, maybe dial it back a little, you know, pal, 100%. maybe don't. 100%. Have you ever heard of, what did 100%. I say? I said it on this show. Have you ever heard of the phrase um, under promise and over deliver? Uh, yep. to, nope. to be fair to him though, they pretty much have delivered on their, uh, on yes. all of Tyreek Hill's promise. I wouldn't say that, um, I, well, then I don't know. By some, you know, metrics, uh, I mean, Tua has been like number one in EPA per dropback for you know, it's a variety of different metrics. He's been one of the most efficient quarterbacks in the NFL. Obviously, right. thanks to the players he's playing with. But that's the point, right? Like, it's a little bit of both. Uh, people are wrong about Tua, but also like, and the same thing with Jalen Hurts. People are wrong about Jalen Hurts, but getting a superstar wide receiver helps. I'm sure you know for for the Ravens and and these guys. Like, it it really comes back to your point of like, okay. You just can't be like a joke at wide receiver two through five. Uh, even if you mm -hmm. have a guy you feel really good about at one, you can't look at Philadelphia. They have a great, great one B receiver in Devontae Smith. Look at Miami, a potential one B receiver in Jalen Waddle. You can't be like, well, we'll have this guy, but wide receiver two, shoot, just pick some goofball up off the street. We're mostly going to have him run block anyways. <laughs>
I mean, and, and it's not even like Rashad Bateman's on the level of AJ Brown or Tyreek Hill for God's sake. No, you know? it's yeah, like, Jesus you'd be Christ, lucky man. if he was. Yeah, yeah, you'd be you'd be doing backflips and yeah. I, I don't even think he would be that. And even if I love, I, and I do still love Rashad Bateman, I, and I like what I saw out of him in the first three weeks of the season. Um, but his ceiling so, is not Tyreek Hill. You know, come on. No, no, and if he was even. Even if he was AJ Brown good, if he was ever going to be AJ Brown good, he wouldn't be that by the end of his second season. That's outrageous. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Uh, speaking of the Dolphins, um, we came into last week wondering, okay, this is a week against Buffalo. Uh, I don't want to say it's make or break, but from a narrative standpoint, they had to show something after back-to-back weeks of looking like absolute dog water offensively. Now, against Buffalo, they did open it up a little bit, and they, I tell you what, they looked pretty good against a really solid defense in Buffalo um, on the road in weather, too. Yeah, on the road in weather. And, you know, it's fun, kind of funny, James. I think that I came out of this game feeling better about both teams. Um, I felt good about Josh Allen, dude. I, 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 just, love, I just love Josh Allen. I love watching him play. I love, he's so – he just plays like a psychopath. Okay. And that's, that's yep. fun to watch. You know, that's that he just gives, gives no dams about anything going on. It's, it's a great, it's great stuff, but I felt better about their offense, which I had a lot of questions about. I felt better about, um, I mean, the defense I think is, is still a good unit. Um, but I felt really good, particularly about Miami, um, because this was, I think a pretty big adjustment for them. Um, this was not the, the same sort of stuff that we saw in the early part of the season. They didn't have those same, like that one RPO play that they have, uh, you know, the, the big wheel route RPO play with the intermediate or with the deep dig stuff like that. It wasn't all that same stuff. A lot of it was, you know, the big play to Jalen Waddle came on a long pass outside the numbers. I thought that was impressive adjustment from Tua, but also Mike McDaniel, like recommitting to the running game was surprised. Like, you know, if you told me that Raheem Mostert was going to have this big right. game on the road in a weather contest, like I would have thought, you know, well, well, November me would have been like, no, that's not what Miami is doing. That's there and fl- fling it all over the yard, zone coverage, beating stuff like that. But if you said that to August me, I'd probably be like, yeah, of course, that's what Mike McDaniel, run game coordinator, coming from San Francisco. That's what he would have done. So I thought the, came away from this game thinking like that was another good feather in Mike McDaniel's hat to you know, bust out that running game and almost debut the offense that I thought this team was going to have um, taking deep shots on play action and real physical run game stuff, as opposed to, uh, as opposed to what we got in the first few weeks of the season. You know, um, I think 
what we saw those two weeks where Miami's offense was struggling, you had brought this up that, you know, defense were like, you know what, man, we're going to play man to man. We're going to do a little press um, at the line. And we saw a lot of press coverage uh, in this Buffalo game as well. I don't know if from a schematic standpoint, Matt, that I don't necessarily know if I, if I buy that they made some big adjustments, what I think is that the players made some adjustments. And I think from an individual standpoint, I think Tyree kill. And I think Jalen Waddle made an adjustment of like, yo, if we're getting pressed, we have to burn these guys like straight up. Um, And sometimes football just comes down to that. Just beat the guy in front of you. Right. And I felt like from a, I, I felt like from a performance standpoint, they didn't really let the DBs put hands on them. Um, you know, Jalen Waddle had that one long, uh, was it a touchdown or just a long pa- uh, catch? But either way, um, it was broken coverage, right? Like he found the seam and then found a, found a little spot, s- soft spot where the, the safety completely misread the situation and, and Waddle's up and out of there, right? So I felt like they still made individual plays to help, the, to help lift the offense, which is, again, it's not like, a, I, I lo- look, I love what Mike McDaniel is doing. And I'm not trying to take away from that. All I'm saying is that from a schematic standpoint, I personally don't feel like Miami took some huge leap or some big adjustment. I just felt like, man, Tyreek and Jalen Waddle are that damn good. Yeah, the only thing I'll say, um, you know, from like the passing standpoint, I think I agree with you that like we said on the show, it's not that Tyreek Hill can't beat press man coverage and Jalen Waddle can't beat press man coverage. It's, what, where are you going to send those guys from a route perspective? And I think that not, not only did, you know, Mike McDaniel, cause this was the thing in the chargers uh, game still, still, despite the fact that the chargers were clearly cloud in that middle of the field, clearly closing the, the middle of the field. Most of the in-breaking routes were still Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. The outbreaking routes uh, were guys like Trent Sherfield, guys like, uh, you know, Mike, Mike Gusecki, stuff like that. And two mm-hmm. is not going to like, of, I, I shoot, I don't blame him. Where's, where's 10, where's 17. That's read one and read two on every single play. And right. then are you, but, and then at the same time though, when those outside the number throws are there, are you going to take them? Are you going to, you know, put your big boy pants on and try to rip that thing outside the numbers, stuff like that. And in this Buffalo game in week 15, he did, he threw 17 passes outside the numbers um, and he was 8.7 adjusted yards per attempt. Like that's, that's pretty good stuff, especially throwing to the right sideline, 10.1 adjusted yards per attempt on outside the number throws uh, to the right. Like that's good. Again, that's great stuff. That's improvement. So yeah, obviously I do think it's a player thing. Of course, Tyree kill and Jalen Waddle for sure, but it's like, all right, the guys that we're going to send on the outbreaking routes and beat these like middle of the, like get out of the middle of the field. Let's put our best players there. And that I do think comes back to coaching that I do think comes back to Mike McDaniel adjusting the offense to you. You want, you don't want to lose the potency, right? You don't want to lose mm-hmm. Waddle and, and Tyreek. So send some other go- send Trent Sherfield over the middle of the field, you know, whatever. And, and if those plays yeah. are there, you know, to let it rip, but if not find, 10 and 17 outside the numbers. And I think they did a good job of that in this, uh, in this game. And this is a defense that uh, Travis white definitely got taken advantage of a few times in this game. He doesn't look a hundred percent, which is no. not surprising. He's another late season ACL guy. Um, mm-hmm. But this is a good defense overall a defensive unit that we expect. So for two and these guys to come out and, and have this big game, I thought was impressive. 
All right, so we're moving on, man. Hey, a little bit of a longer podcast, but that's all good. Uh, great conversations here. And I, I actually am really looking forward uh, to having this Zay Jones conversation in a couple of uh, couple of days here. Uh, Matt Harmon's going to do the hard work, and, and I'm just going to ask the hard questions. That's all, that's all we're going to do. We're going to talk about Zay Jones. We're going to talk about some other players as well. And, of course, we'll try to provide uh, some fantasy analysis, some deep sleepers here for you. Um, as we approach the second week of the fantasy playoffs. But uh, we move on. Go to receptionperception.com if you want to see you know, some matchup data, if you want to see, of course, uh, in-depth breakdown of what Matt is doing as well. That would be wonderful. And if you could like and subscribe to the podcast as well, if you're just catching us on the new, that would be awesome too. For Matt Harmon, I'm James Coe. We'll see you.